0: بالله وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين. عليكم, brothers and sisters I hope everyone is doing well Welcome to another episode of the Tefsir of Dura'a Kumail, uh podcast We ended uh, right about here in the last episode where we were talking about uh, Imam Ali in this dua, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to inspire him to thank him. And we talked about these lines. He asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to inspire him to put in his heart to remind him, to thank him, and to remind him to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we explained about these two phrases that they really show how weak the human being is and how vulnerable the human being is and how ungrateful and how much of a shortcoming we have when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses us we then ask Him to remind us to thank Him we then ask Him to remind us to remember Him Nonetheless, this is the uh, request that Ali ibn Abi Talib has mentioned in this part of the dua Moving on uh, the next line is this: "Allahumma inni as'aluka suala Oh Allah, I ask you, but my asking is the asking of a person who is khadran, he's submissive, he's humiliated, and he's lowly, right? He's humble, and to samihani wa tarhamani that you have forbearance on me, you show forgiveness towards me or Hamani, and that you show mercy towards me. So, in these lines, and this is not just this part of Dua Kumil, you'll find it in other parts of the Dua as well, you'll find that the Imam, a lot of times, he will make it very clear that instead of just asking for things, He will show this the vulnerability that he has. He will show how vulnerable his situation is. And we've mentioned this before as well, that this is one of the adab of du'a, this is one of the manners of du'a, that when you go and ask somebody, and you have this in our real-life situations as well, that when you really go to somebody, especially if you've wronged that person in the past, right? it's really important how you approach this person this time. If you need them now and you're going to go back to them and ask them for something, are you going to go and ask them in a way that kind of shows that like this need that you have, this new ask and this new request that you have, it's not really a big deal. If you give it to me, you give it to me. If you don't, you don't. Is that the approach you're going to take? Or are you going to actually make it clear and be completely frank and honest about it that, listen, I'm, I'm really in a bad situation and I really need what you have? And this is literally what the Imam says in in a couple of lines. We'll get to that later on uh, in the podcast. But so he's making it clear that he's very, very vulnerable. And in our hadith, this has been, and in the verses of the Quran as well, this has been pointed out. That when someone comes and asks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, depending on how vulnerable they show themselves, in other words, depending on how much they admit their vulnerability, to that extent, there is a likelihood of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually responding to their requests and responding to uh, their hajat and whatever it is that they are asking for, right? As I mentioned, in real life, we have these situations sometimes. A person might approach you. They might have a need or a request. And there's going to be a big difference in your mind between a person who comes to you and says, listen, I know I've done a bunch of wrong things in the past, but listen, I'm really, I am really, really need your help right now, right? There's a much better chance you're going to be able to, uh, you know, uh, basically... Uh, answer the request of that person over the person who walks in who's wronged you before because that's what we've done to God Um, and is now walking in and saying "Eh, you know like by the way I don't really need your help too much but you know if you give this to me it'd be good right (laughs) that person you're probably going to sit back and say hey like he's still acting very bold he's still acting very audacious so you know so 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 he, he still has the audacity to speak to me in this way as if he still doesn't need me so I'm not gonna answer his call and request right now I'm gonna delay it until he's really in need and now we do that for certain reasons we do that to establish our own authority and power in our territory with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he does that but he does that for other reasons and of course more noble reasons than the reasons that we have in mind. Nonetheless you you find in this part of Al Kumil and in other parts that he doesn't just ask when he asks, he also makes it clear that I'm really stuck. I really need your help. And as we continue with the lines, he will explain why he feels this way. Why is it that, first of all, he has a big problem on his hands, right? He feels like he has this huge need, this huge request. And at the same time, he feels like God is the only one who can take care of this request. God is the only one who can solve this problem of his that he has. We're about to get that. Get to that. In, in a couple of lines. But let's continue with the du'a. So he said, Allahumma inni as'aluka su'ala al I ask you, but I ask you as a person who has these three characteristics, right? He's he's humble, he's humiliated, he's really, really lowly, like he's asking you in a very vulnerable position. And That you have that mercy upon me and you have that forbearance for me, right? bi qismika radiyan Oh Allah, I also ask you that you make me content with your qism. I ask you that you make me okay and pleased and satisfied with the things that you decide about my life. And boy, is that difficult to do. It's very difficult attributes really. That's why in our hadith it's mentioned that one of the highest levels of iman to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the maqam known as maqam al-ridha. Right, known as a level where a person reaches in their life and they feel calm and satisfied with the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides for them. It's not an easy thing. I mean, someone like me, I'll ask God for it. But um, of course, it's going to take a while to be able to internalize it right, and to implement it into your life. Nonetheless, He says, Ya Allah, make me amongst those that is satisfied with the things that you know, he you decide, right? And this has so many implications in our life. Um, so many different aspects of our life, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes things happen. And it's difficult for us, partially because it's difficult for us to understand why He has done those things, which is part of the test. But it's difficult for us to be okay with it, right? It's not easy to be okay with the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides about someone's life. And this is why in our hadith, there's so much emphasis on this concept. That listen, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. When God makes a decision about your life, you have to learn to be okay with it, and you have to learn to be satisfied with it, right? So I want to share this hadith from the Prophet ﷺ. He says, that the sustenance of a person—that's one of the places where we are definitely, definitely tested, right? That's why the verse of the Quran, a famous verse in the uh, in the uh, you know in Surah Al-Baqarah, that talks about the tests that God um, sends our way, right? That I'm going to test you in all these different ways. And give good news to the to those who are patient. اللذين إذا أصابتهم مصيبة قالوا إن الله وإنا إليه راجعون. The ones who, when they go through difficulty, they understand that their life was not theirs to begin with, and now God is taking it back because it wasn't theirs to begin with, right? Now, in that in that uh, verse of the Quran, right, it speaks about ولا نبنو لكم بشيء من الجوع والخوف والنقص من الأموال والثمرات من من الأموال والأنفس والثمرات. Right, that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is gonna test you. One of those things that it mentions is your wealth, right? Your sustenance, the daily, you know, the, your 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 food and your whatever you need to drink and the daily sustenance that's gonna keep you going as a human being. That's one of the things that we are going to be tested by, right? And it's difficult uh, to be satisfied with everything that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala decides about someone's life. So going back to the Hadith, the Prophet is talking about these types of tests being satisfied with what Allah decides in particular when it comes to your sustenance this is what he says this is them unveiling a little bit so that we can see what's going on behind the scenes he says that if a sustenance has been allocated to someone it will definitely get to that person meaning that if this sustenance was supposed to get to you and you tried your best and you did everything that you were supposed to do then it will definitely come your way right? And then he says this, the Prophet continues. He says, if that sustenance is a certain amount, and from your perspective, it's not as much as you would like, but because this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decided for you, you go ahead with it and you're okay with it, right? He says then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will add barakah to it, right? Then he will add unseen blessings to it, hidden blessings to this small amount of sustenance that he has given to you and then he says if someone takes that small amount of sustenance and is not okay with it he is not satisfied with it then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not give him this barakah right he will not add to it just depending on how you react to the situation right and this is the one line i wanted to emphasize on from the hadith he continues he says this he says listen the sustenance of the human being Is constantly searching for the human being the same way the time of the death of the human being is searching for the human being. What does that mean? You know how we in our common in the common understanding, right? The moment of death is out there. It's just waiting for the right time to get us, right? For us to leave this world. What is referred to in our hadith as ajal, the moment where your time is up, basically. Right? The hadith is saying the same way someone's life will not be prolonged, it will not be shortened. A moment from the time that the ajal was set for them, right? the same way that there's nothing that can move that around, right? the same thing applies to the sustenance of the human being, meaning that if you were supposed to get that extra amount of wealth, money, whatever the case is, we're talking about sustenance, it's very broad, but for now we're just talking about material sustenance, which would be this wealth or money that comes our way. If it was set, in the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for you to get this that sustenance is looking for you what does that mean? that means that it's not like you have to go out there and you have to kill yourself right? you have to try your best of course but if it's gonna happen based on your effort then it will happen and don't think that you have to make things happen in the sense of results, no you have to make things happen in the sense of the effort that you have to put in but then your sustenance is out there looking for you right? Like, it's it's waiting to find you. <laughs> That's the purpose of that sustenance. It's, it's looking for you, right? So in other words, the, the prophet is explaining that this rush that we have, right? This worry and this concern that we have, right? It's not very well-founded. <clears throat> in fact, the sustenance that is supposed to come your way is looking for you. You just have to put in the effort, and if it's really supposed to get to you, it will get to you. So these are instances where the Prophet and the Imams will try to remove the veil a little a little bit just to show us behind the scenes what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is doing, right? Another situation where it's difficult for us to be satisfied and pleased with the qismat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides for our lives is when we see other people having blessings that we don't have, Right? It's one thing when you want something and you don't get it. It's a totally different, you know, ball game, totally different test when someone else has a blessing, right? And you don't have that blessing, right? And this is, you know, the situation where jealousy and envy it starts to develop inside of the human being, right? And this is what this hadith is about. This one is also from the prophet, he is narrating that Musa bin Imran, Prophet Musa was speaking to Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala and God addressed him with the following sentences Yabna Imran, O son of Imran, la min fadli. don't sit there and have envy and jealousy towards people because of the things that I have given to them like I, I made a decision and I planned that these blessings would go to this person and these blessings would go to that person and you're sitting there and you're upset about how I divided things and then he continues and don't sit there and stare when you see their blessings you know this is the type of staring that it's the type of staring that comes with a regret. It's the type of staring that comes from this sense of, oh, I wish I had that in my life, right? Like, my life isn't good enough because I don't have that blessing that you have, right? This is what this part is saying. This is in the verses of the Quran as well. Our Prophet is also told, عَيْنَيْكَ Don't sit there and stare at those that we have given a little bit of this dunya to, right? And then he continues, Wala And don't make yourself tired, right? Don't tire yourself. فَإِنَّ الْحَاسِدَةَ this is the, the you know the important line in the Hadith فَإِنَّ الْحَاسِدَةَ لِنَعْمِ صَادٌ because you know the person who's jealous, he's envious, he really has a problem with me more than he has a problem towards the person that he's jealous of, right? God is saying if you have jealousy and you feel envious towards someone your problem is with me because I'm the one who gave those blessings to that person and now you're sitting there you're upset of how I've divided the blessings in this world well who did the division? I was the one who did the division right? I say you have a problem with me صَادٌ liqismi. you want to go against my qismat. you want to go against my qudrat. Right? And then take a look at what the rest says. He says, you know what? If that's the way you want to deal with me, if that's the approach you want to take with me, whoever is going to be like that, I'm not from him and he's not from me. In other words, God is completely disassociating himself from this person. My mercy doesn't go to this person. The one who has a problem with how I have devised the plan of running this world. You have to be on board with it. you know, Fortunately, unfortunately, that's how it is. We don't have a say in a lot of things in our lives, right? Some of us are born in better families. Some of us are born in you know, turbulent families. Some of us come from better backgrounds. Some of us come from abuse. Some of us come from difficult financial situations. Some of us come from disadvantages. It's just the reality of what life is like, right? And what the hadith is saying is that if you take it and you're satisfied with it, you can't change it. Right? But if you are satisfied with it at least, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts that barakah in it for you. Right, So this is what this line is talking about. Make me such that I am completely convinced slash satisfied with whatever it is that you are going to decide about my life. Right, And this is why we call Al-Imam Al-Ridha, Imam al rida imam al rida Right, because he was the one who satisfied, you know, that each one of our imams, giving these, you know, these names and these titles and these al right? He was the one who was satisfied with what Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala decided about his life, right? And maybe this had to do with the idea that he was also ghariq al and He was the loneliest of the lonely, and because of his situation, going all the way from Medina to Mar or Khurasan, and you know the whole story of the life of the Imam that we know of. But this is nonetheless the reason why. This laqab is given to the 8th Imam. Make me such that I am humble in different situations. Again, meaning that when you decide something about me, I have the humility to sit there and say, you know what, because you have decided this about me and in regards to my life, I'm willing to take it. The one who doesn't do that, it stems from a level of arrogance that he's willing to object and, and oppose what Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala has decided for his life. All right, moving on. Allahumma wa as'aluka so'ala man istaddat faqatu. Oh Allah, I ask you but I ask you the asking of a person this is how I'm asking you as a person who istaddat faqatu his need is very severe. Right? His need and his his uh, deprive his deprivement is very very severe and serious. The one who's bringing his need to your door. You know, my difficulty is so severe that I am now bringing my difficulty and my need to the door of someone like you, right? Like I'm coming and I'm asking you, I'm requesting you now. You're, I'm seeing you as the source or the solution to my problems, what these lines are saying. And I am now understanding and now my this inclination is growing inside of me that I'm very much inclined towards the things that you have. What are the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has? It's the, it's the afterlife, right? The hereafter, the forgiveness in that world, the blessings in that world and all of that kind of stuff. He's saying, I am speaking as a person who now his inclination is growing in, in terms of what you have. Maybe before I wasn't so interested because when I was wronging you and I was sinning, apparently I didn't care so much what you had to offer. But now <laughs> I'm asking as a person who now is very interested in what you have to offer. right? And this normally happens, as I'm wrapping up this episode, this normally happens when someone gets older. The older and older someone gets, normally, of course there are many exceptions, but normally, you will find that individuals, when they're younger, it's easier for them to revolt, right? It's easier for them to uh, to be rebels, right, and to disobey God. And as they get older, slowly, this line will apply to them. That slowly the things that God has now becomes great for them. Now they're interested in the hereafter and the afterlife and whatnot. So it's it's usually more challenging when someone is young, right? Not to say when someone gets older there aren't challenges or no, not to say any of that. But what we understand from the Ahadith is that this when it's young, when you're young, it's a little bit more difficult partially because you're not as mature right the maturity level is not there this is also why in our hadith there is so much emphasis and and there's so much praise for a person who can change his path while he's still young there are multiple ahadith about this that the people who are young and they do tawbah. you know the verses of the Quran tell us in Allah yuhibbul tawabin right he loves the ones who do tawbah. Right? Anyone who changes his path, God loves them automatically, right? Instantaneously. Right? But then we have particular ahadith that speak of those who in particular are young and they do tawbah. Why? Because the challenge is a little bit bigger. Your maturity level isn't there yet, right? When you're younger. And that's why in the ahadith it says, At tawba hasanun. Tawbah is like awesome. It's great. fish ahsan. But when we see a young person do tawbah, it is even bigger. Why? Because as people get older, naturally they become more concerned, more interested in the hereafter, in the afterlife, as this line is saying, right? But when someone is young, do they have the maturity at that level? Again, in another hadith of the Prophet, he says, Ma min shayin ilallah min bin There's nothing that God loves more than a young individual who does tawbah. Right, this idea of being young, having a bunch of opportunities to disobey God, right, and still turning away from them and doing tawbah and changing the path of your life, this is so critical. Now, it doesn't mean that when you change the path of your life, when you change the trajectory, right, the direction in which you're moving, doesn't mean you're not going to stumble over, doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes right it just means that you're headed in the right direction now and maybe you go a little bit slower you know uh, at a younger age right and maybe it picks up when you get older or maybe there's going to be a lot of maybes but the important thing is are you willing to change your direction and put it in the right direction at least right and at least you are you are changing this path that you've had so far to the right direction and from there you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the help and the assistance that you need And, uh, you know, you take it from there and I take it from there, right? But nonetheless, this line is saying that now he is now realizing because before he was wronging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, now he's realizing that what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to offer is more important. He says, I'm more interested in the things that you have to offer. Now, why is it that he keeps saying, I see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the solution to my problem? Why is he saying, حَاجَتَهِ I'm coming to you and I'm bringing my knee to your door. right? Why is he saying that? Because the next lines explain that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has authority over everything. If he has authority over everything, then that's the person you're supposed to go to or that's the entity you are supposed to go to. If he runs the show, then you're supposed to go and deal with the person who runs the show. So in the next uh, episode, we'll continue from here. I'm coming to you because you are the one who has the most authority. We'll continue with that, inshallah, in the next episode.